God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And friends, as we come into the presence of our holy God, let's come honestly. Let's come willing to admit that we don't have it all together, that we are sinners in need of God's forgiving grace. And so let's join in a prayer of honesty, the prayer of the confession of our sins. We pray together. Heavenly Father, I confess that I have sinned against you, not only by my outward actions, but also by my inward resistance to your will. Instead of trusting in you, I have given in to self-concern and worry. Instead of loving others, I have been impatient and unkind. My Lord and my God, have mercy on me. By your word and spirit, conform me to the image of your Son, so that I might truly live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the wondrous good news that God has given us is that he loved us enough to punish his own innocent Son in our place. And when Jesus stretched out his arms and died on that cross, he paid the full penalty for all of our wrongs, all of our failures. So know this for certain. Through your faith in Jesus as your Savior, you are forgiven in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's declare together our Christian faith as we speak together the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand God, the Father Almighty. From this, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as uh, we invite the children to sing under the direction of Mrs. Jen Hodges. <coughs>
was awesome. Great job, you guys. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you are a God of relationship. You love us so much. And so often the world pulls at us from so many directions. Help us to understand in a deeper way today that the most important relationship we have in our lives is our relationship with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I have this um, lamp up here, and it doesn't seem to work. What's the matter? Why, why can't I get this lamp to work? What's the problem? Oh, it's not plugged in. Ooh, didn't realize that. Okay. Let's plug it in and see what happens. It came on. Wow. You see, that lamp to work needs electricity. For us to work properly, we need God. That's a topic for today. You know, I was reading about the sun puts out more energy in one second than all mankind has produced from the beginning of time. The sun is 93 million miles away from the earth, and the moon's a quarter million miles away. If you ever go hiking at night when there's a full moon, and the sun hits the moon, and the moon's rays, actually the sun's rays off the moon, come back to us, and you're out hiking in the desert, what do you see? A shadow. It's almost like walking in semi-light. It's called a moon shadow. And our sun is like an average-sized star, maybe even a little bit smaller than average. And God made the whole universe to imagine his power, his might. And we are limited in our power and might. And God wants to connect with us. And how do we do that? See, the Bible gives us some direction. In the Old Testament, you have all kinds of laws. You've got the civil law, the ceremonial laws, and the moral law. And the moral law is the Ten Commandments. We're all bound to the Ten Commandments. And Jesus came along and he summarized the Ten Commandments in two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And last week, the conversation, our topic was about loving our neighbor. Today, it's about growing our love for God. And the first three commandments talk about how we do this. And so the first commandment is, you shall have no other gods before me. So notice that the um, gods there is a small g, because there's a lot of false gods in the world today. Maybe um, gods made up by certain religions, or it could be for some people money, it could be their appearance. Anything that you put above God is a false god. And what God is saying to us, if you want to get your balance right in this world, put me first. Put me above everything else. And when we do that, everything else begins to fall into place. The second commandment, do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That means don't swear um, in his name. You know, live your life to honor him in what you do. You know, I've shared this before, but if you go around the world and you hear people swear in the name of a God, they always seem to be swearing in the name of who is God? Our God. Even my Islamic roommate in college, he was swearing in the name of my God. I say, Fahad, leave my God alone. Pick on your own God. But why is that? I think the bottom line is our God is a true God. And Satan wants the name of God to be dragged down. 
And we as Christians are called upon to live our lives in a manner where what we say and what we do honors God. Third, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Set aside a day each week to gather like we are right now, to worship collectively, a day to slow down, maybe turn your phones off, and just kind of relax and think about the blessings that God has given to you, how thankful we should be. It could be any day of the week. It could be Sunday. In fact, the original Sabbath was Saturday. It kind of switched to Sunday. We have a Saturday service. No matter one, a certain day of the week to have your Sabbath day and to worship. And when the worship ends, our worshiping is meant to continue all week long as we honor God in our lives. Now, how does this look as far as in a more concrete way? And so the sermon today is divided up into three parts. And the first part is up. We're going to talk about up, in, and out. And when it comes to up, we reach up to God through prayer and through worship. You know, Jesus gave us an incredible prayer called the Lord's Prayer. And what we see in that prayer, the content, really lays out direction for us in our lives. And I know we say that prayer over and over again, and sometimes maybe our minds are turned off when we're saying the words. But I want to talk a little bit about what those words mean. The first part of the Lord's Prayer is, I call it paternity. Our Father who art in heaven. That we have a heavenly Father, which means we're all part of what? A common family. We'll be together forever. Next part, praise. Hallowed be your name. Praise, worship. When you think of the word worship, one word you can derive from that is the word worthy. That our God is worthy of our praise, worthy of our respect, our honoring. Another word could be work. That worship is not meant to be entertainment. It's not about, are they singing my favorite song? Is the sermon going to keep me awake? No, we're here to invest ourselves and to, to show to one another that God is my priority. And I'm here to worship him and to praise him for who he is. The next word is purpose. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That ultimately, Jesus came from heaven to earth. The king came to our planet and through part of his kingdom. And ultimately, you know, through Jesus, we are called upon now to share the kingdom with others. So paternity, praise, purpose, provision. Give us this day our daily bread. Finally talking about something we need in this life. God, give me what I need to survive for this day, and I'll be thankful. But now we're just praying for ourselves. We're praying for who? The whole world. Give us this day our daily bread. God, provide what is needed for the entire world to be fed. In two weeks, an example of how we're coming together to make that happen. But also with this part two, there's another kind of bread. There's spiritual bread, which is what? The word of God. That we're called upon to daily partake of his word. And we're praying, too, that the whole world would take advantage of the opportunity to be in the word of God. Next is pardon. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The most important thing I want you to know is this. That through faith in Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection, we're forgiven. Our sins are gone. We're going to live forever. And that's a gift by grace. We didn't deserve it. He gives it to us. In the same way as he forgives us, he calls upon us to do what? Forgive one another. And sometimes that's hard. 
Sometimes there's people that have, have really hurt us. People that maybe have done some things to cause extreme damage to us. But if we don't forgive them, guess what? We carry that burden, that baggage. God wants us to be free, to forgive others as he forgives us. Next is protection. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There's a spiritual battle raging all around us. We're called sheep and the devil's called a wolf or a lion. We are powerless in ourselves. We need the help of God. In the face of temptation, in the face of evil, the best thing to do is pray and call on the power in the name of God to protect us. And finally, the ending is about power. For that is a kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That this prayer, our prayers are backed by the power of God who can do anything. So when it comes to reaching up, the up action through prayer and through worship. At this time, we continue in a time of prayer. Lord God, we thank and praise you for the privilege of prayer that you invite us to come to you and bring to you the needs of our hearts and to offer you our praise and thanksgivings. We thank you for the many blessings of life. And Lord, today we're especially thankful for Shepherd of the Desert Lutheran School, for our preschool through eighth grade program. And Lord, we ask your blessing upon all of our teachers, our administrative staff, upon all of the students and their families. We pray that the school will always be a place of grace where people will be touched by the goodness of your love for us all in your Son, our Savior, Jesus. Lord, we also lift up to you the needs of our community. We pray for all among us who are grieving the loss of loved ones, including our school principal, Dr. Vince Stumpo, and his family at the passing of his father recently, and for our preschool director, Debbie Osmond, and her family at the passing of her father recently. Be also with Vonda Jessup and Shirley Arsenault and their families in their time of loss. And for all who are grieving, Lord, we ask that you would bring your comfort and give them the sure and certain hope of the resurrection through Jesus. Lord, we pray for all in need of healing, including John Sherry as he prepares for surgery. Be also with Dan Degner in the hospital, Dave Coleman, Heather Burwagger, Sherry Dopp and Don Gustafson, Anne-Marie Drew, Gary Hart, Emil Christians, and Mike Andrews' mother, Esther, for all on our ongoing prayer list, including all who are battling cancer, and for those who are closest to each of us personally, whom we name silently in our hearts at this time. Lord God, we are bold to to come before your throne of grace and ask that you would grant healing according to your perfect plan for each one. Lord, we do lift up to you all doctors and nurses and health professionals who use their gifts for the good of others. Help them to see, Lord, that ultimately their work is to be instruments of your healing on people. Bless their work and and let them do it with joy and compassion. Lord, we pray for all who serve as missionaries in various parts of the world, proclaiming the good news of Jesus to people of various language groups and cultures. Protect them and empower their ministry. And help us to see, Lord, that everywhere we go, we are a missionary, each of us as well. 
Finally, Lord, we ask your blessing upon our ministry here at Shepherd of the Desert, that everything we do would help lead people to follow Jesus. And we join in the prayer that our Savior taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Old Testament reading comes from Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 through 11. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor son or daughter, manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 through 17. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We're grateful to our school students who have been reading the readings in our, lesson, in our services this morning. And the gospel lesson is from John chapter 15, where Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is the gospel of the Lord.
and then there's in. We reach up to God through prayer and worship. He reaches down into our lives through his word and the sacraments. You know, right here is the most incredible book that we have on this planet, the Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Has the answers for life, the answers for eternity. From the beginning to the end of the Bible, the focus is on Jesus Christ and God's amazing love for us. A book written by 40 authors over 1,600 years on three continents, all inspired by the Holy Spirit, and when it all comes together, it agrees. It does not contradict itself. If you had 40 people that had witnessed a traffic accident and they all wrote a report about it, you probably would have discrepancies in reports. But the Bible has been more attacked than any book in history, yet it stands because it comes to us from God. And some people think that God doesn't speak to them. Well, every time you open the Bible, guess what? God speaks. This is the mouth of God. These are his words. And we have a choice in life. Either we get filled with the word of God or we get filled with the world. And the word of God is the answer. And God desires for us to spend time every day listening to him speak to us through his word in our individual devotion time or or being involved in group Bible studies. Now, I was thinking this last week of just one book of the Bible in particular, John. Just some of the the key verses, John 1.1. The beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that who believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. John 10.10, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give to the full. John 10.35, the scripture cannot be broken. John 11.25, Jesus said, I'm the resurrection of life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, yet shall he live. John 14.6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then in John 20, it says, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is a Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. These words give us direction in this life. These words direct us to eternity. And God's Spirit works through these words. He wants our minds to be ultimately directed by these words. The word, then there's the sacraments. For we as Lutheran Christians, we believe in two sacraments, a baptism and the Lord's Supper. Our definition of a sacrament, number one, is instituted by Jesus himself. There's a visible element. There's a promise of forgiveness. In baptism, we are touched by the very water. And through that water, the word comes and we're baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You see, we all have different names, but yet through baptism, we're all one together, one common family. In the Great Commission, Jesus says, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. We see there is a clear directive. Get baptized and then keep learning. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. The learning in the word, it never stops. And I've been reading the Bible for many years. And every time I read more, more things keep jumping out at me that I never thought of. There's so much there. 
God speaks to us through the word, the sacrament of baptism. is also communion. And through the, the bread and the wine, Jesus touches us with his very presence. You see, bread and wine can't forgive you. Only Jesus can forgive us. And we believe that he is present in that sacrament. How is a mystery to us, but he's there. He touches us with his love and with his forgiveness. And we see this common theme of forgiveness, which is so important for us to embrace each and every day. So we reach up through prayer, through worship. God reaches down to us through his spirit, and we have the opportunity to grow in his word and, and through the sacraments. This time we're going to hear a song called Return to Me. Return to me, be reconciled. There is something that I want you to know. I love you so. I love you so. Turn to me, my child. Turn to me, be reconciled. There is something that I want you to know. I love you so. I love you so. Sometimes life can be so hard. Sometimes we can stray so far. Jesus is here right by your side. He's reaching out to call in you. Reaching out and calling you.
invite the ushers to come forward to receive the offerings for the Lord's work. Would you also place your name and other information in the black registration booklet in the pew and pass that to your neighbor, please? Great job. Up, in, one more to go. Out. As we've grown our relationship upward through worship, through prayer, as God's Spirit works more in our lives as we grow in His Word, receiving the sacraments, what happens is love begins to fill us more and more. That love cannot be contained, and it leads us outward, it leads us to love others. It leads us to realize that this world needs help. And we're called upon to be ambassadors for Jesus.
to bring his love and forgiveness and his gospel out into the world. And the question is, how do you do that on a daily basis? So I want you to watch the screen to see an example of somebody who found a great way to do that. When I first moved to New York City, I thought I knew why I was coming here. It was going to be an adventure. I had my own agenda. I had no idea how much I would fall in love with the kids of this city and how much they would teach me about myself and change my life. I treasure my morning commutes on the subway. It's my time. Sometimes it's my only time with God. In those moments, I know his love for me, and I know that that's going to carry on throughout my day, and I know it's going to help me to do my job well. The Bronx is one of the toughest neighborhoods in the country. 75% of the people live below the poverty line, and where there's poverty, of course, there's going to be violence and sadness and strife, ugliness. Right in the middle of the Bronx is Middle School 223, where I'm a reading and writing teacher to sixth graders. It's where I spend my days every day. A lot of our kids at our school go home to shelters. They go home to homes where they are in charge. They see people get shot in front of their apartment door. Life has not been easy for them or kind to them. Morning. Good morning. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming in quietly. Many of my students haven't been loved well. They've been abandoned. They've been promised things that have never come. They've been promised relationships with their fathers or mothers that have never happened. And so they're just worn. They're weathered. And they don't trust love. On the first day of school, the first thing that I tell them is, I've been thinking about you all summer. Like, I love you already. You may not believe this, but you can't earn my love. You could make straight A's all year and have perfect behavior all year, or you can get detention three times a week, and I'm going to love you the same. And then I spend all year trying to prove it. So I want you to think back to Monday. We chose that one personal narrative that we're going to publish and celebrate and put out there to the world. Who am I as a person? What do I really want people to know about who I am? Well, it wasn't until recently that I realized that God had been preparing me for this job, for these kids at the school right now. I grew up in Georgia, mostly at my grandmother's house because my mom and dad were divorced. And then when my dad got married, I felt like I wasn't good enough. He, he wanted me to be perfect. I just wasn't good enough anymore. But I know I don't need other people to say I'm okay anymore. I did that my whole life, and I think I'm finally done. So maybe now I can just be Lindsay, and if I make mistakes, then oh well. I'm not only as good as what I do. Growing up, and especially now, even as an adult, I still long for that love and acceptance, and God has shown that to me and given that to me so that I can go and give these kids the same love and acceptance that they have always wanted, too. 
over time, I really do believe this classroom becomes a safe haven for them, a place where they feel accepted and they know they're going to be safe and it's comfortable. I think God loves these kids so much, more than I could ever hope to love them. But I think He wants them to rest and to be happy. I think He wants to heal their hearts. Every day they walk out of my classroom, and at the end of the year, they walk out of my classroom forever. It's so hard. It's hard not knowing what lies ahead for them or what type of choices they'll make, and I just have to rest. I've done everything I could do. I've loved them the best that I can. And my hope is that they'll figure out that God loves them so much more than I ever could. Great example of living your life to serve God in your vocation. You know, in the Bible, you never see the word volunteer because a volunteer implies you take a certain portion of your time and you set aside to do something. In the Bible, you see the word serve. Like you see, you know, Paul, Peter, John, servants of Christ Jesus. And the Greek word is doulos, which means somebody who was a slave and are set free by their master. In her freedom, they go back to their master and say, I give myself back to you, and I will do whatever you want me to do. That's the calling that we have from our God. We've been set free from our sin, now to surrender our lives back to him. We're about to go back out into that world out there. It's a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. We have the answer. The answer is God's love. The more that we're connected up through worship and prayer, the more that his spirit is working through the word and sacraments inside of us, the more we're going to be going out in lives of service. And may God grant that's the journey that we're on. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, sometimes we're not plugged in like we should be. We get sidetracked. I pray today that we take a deeper look into our lives as we leave here today and that we look at our up, our in, and our out. Help us to grow in our lives of prayer and worship. Help us to open up your word and listen to you more. Experience your sacraments. Let your spirit flow through us. Fill us with your love, and Lord, help us to serve in greater ways those around us. Even as we leave here today, if it's at work, our community, at a store, a restaurant, in school, that we live our lives for you that we're more deeply connected to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please rise. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you, favor, give you his peace as we go forth to live up, in, and out.